Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. I continuously tell students in my class or mentees, never give people the option to pay you less money, right? That's my biggest thing. I never give people the option to pay me less money, but I always give them the option to pay me more money. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real-life stories of how other photographers run their business, and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. Hey guys, now is your chance to check out all of the incredible photography education we have available for you at theportraitsystem.com. For only $7, you will get access to over 1,000 videos, including pricing, posing, marketing, lighting, sales, inspiring photo shoots, self-value, and more. Yes, you'll get your first month for only $7 when you become a pro member, and you'll get access to the full download library with posing guides and workbooks and so much more. Also, this includes a pricing calculator, a studio startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private members-only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. This week, my guest on The Portrait System is Andre Brown, and if you haven't heard of him yet, please look him up. Andre is an incredible photographer, both with portraits and with weddings, and his work just blows me away. And he's only been at it for seven years. Andre is currently based in Atlanta, and before he was a photographer, he was in the music industry. He talks all about making the shift in this career and all of the steps he took to become so successful. All right, let's get started with Andre Brown. Hey, Andre, welcome to The Portrait System. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I was excited to meet you when we were at the Portrait Masters Conference, but I was a little embarrassed (laughs) 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 because at first I wasn't making the connection to like the Andre Brown Award winner. I don't even know what I was thinking. It was a long week. (laughs) And then I made the connection. I was like, oh my God, that's right. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Glad yeah. to have you here. Thank you, thank you. It's good to be low-key. That was my first uh, portrait master's, so it was pretty uh, interesting to be in the space and not really be known, because I'm typically teaching at any other conferences and stuff I'm at. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, was, it was cool to just kind of be incognito, you know? Yeah, totally. Just get to sit back and relax and take it all in. Although, I have a feeling at the next conference, everyone will know who you are at that point. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal anyway. <laughs> right. Totally, totally. Well, okay, let's let's back up a little bit. You are a portrait and wedding photographer in Atlanta. And I'm wondering, one, how long have you been a photographer? And two, have you always been based in Atlanta? Yeah, so I uh I started photography in 2015. I transitioned over from working in the music business. So I had done that from like age 19 till, you know, early 30s. And I was was doing that and was looking for a change and just kind of fell into photography. It was never a passion of mine. Like a lot of people say, oh, I'm so passionate about photography. And I bought like, <laughs> no, I, I picked up a camera out of a need to have uh, some income for myself. And it's amazing how it's just it's turned into what it has turned into for me. Now, in terms of photography, I started my business after I moved here to Atlanta, but 
initially I was starting out with portraits and stuff in my hometown in South Carolina. Okay. I, I knew it would be easier to get clients there and to start to build a portfolio there than in like a, a major city. So that's how I initially got my my first weddings was shooting um weddings and portraits and stuff in the Hilton Head area. Okay, cool. And then when you picked up a camera, you know, did you teach yourself? Did you take courses? Did you go to school for it? We didn't go to school for it. It was more so just, I guess, what most people do these days, which is get on YouTube. So just mm, mm-hmm. wake up, lay in the bed, watch YouTube videos, book a shoot, go and, you know, try the stuff that I saw in the video. And uh, over time, you know, the sequence of things happening over and over again in trial and error, you start to figure out what's working, what's not in terms of how it correlates to whatever photography style you want to have for yourself. So over time, I was just able to to just kind of develop my style um, from trial and error. You definitely have a really distinguished style, like... There's something so classy and elegant, and and I can tell right away that that it's yours. You know, <laughs> it, really, really beautiful. How how long ago did you say you started? I know you said you were in your your what, mid to late thirties when you started. I mean, how old are you now? You look like you're like twenty five. <laughs> I'm forty. I'll be I'll be forty one oh, no next month. Yeah, but um, you know, I, I started in 2015. So okay, yeah, I'm not wow. that far into the game. And two two of those years was uh, COVID. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gl- like, I want people to hear that and understand that. Like, you don't have to have been in this business for twenty years to have like such an amazingly powerful, beautiful portfolio because you have come a lot. I mean, seven years is not a long time, especially like you said with COVID and you have like, yeah, like your lighting is incredible. When you do weddings and, you know, outdoor shoots, do you do any sort of like studio light with you? Um, like yes and no. Like there was a point early on where, the thing I loved the most about weddings was chasing light. Like, let me find good light, put subjects mm-hmm. in that light, and then see what it is that I can create. So early on, I say like 2016, 2017, even 2018, that was the thing that I I liked most about weddings. I didn't really start to intentionally introduce off-camera flash into work until mid-2019, ironically. Primarily because, again, I was into the whole chasing light thing, but then on wedding day, setting up lights, breaking down, moving around, and not having an assistant, that can be very cumbersome on a wedding day. So finding good light, making it happen, and then getting gratification out of, oh, I made this happen when there was nothing there you know, to, to lend a hand to me taking a great photo. I found the light, I found the scene, and I made it happen. Yeah, for sure. Now, as far as weddings versus portraits, what would you say is the breakdown of your of your business currently as far as what you do? Mostly portraits. And then that's obviously because, you know, it's it's easier to get more portraits in than it is weddings. So pre-pandemic, I was doing anywhere between 25 and, you know, 30 plus weddings a year. Wow. Um, yeah. Obviously, the last two years hasn't been that. And I got my studio in late 2020. And, you know, that was because once COVID happened, all the weddings and stuff shut down. And then people were booking more portrait sessions. So mm-hmm. now I've built that to a place where like, I'm, I'm all about goal setting because it's easier to, you know, to hit your targets when you set a goal. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I, my goal is just a hundred portrait sessions. I want to shoot a hundred sessions. I know what my sales averages are in terms of, you know, IPS and stuff like that so that I can quote unquote predict the income that I'm going to have for the year. I like to know. Mm -hmm, (laughs) I like to mm -hmm. know and have that level of comfort. So yeah, definitely I'm doing three times as many um, portraits as I'm, as I'm doing weddings. Okay. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about how, how you kind of grew your business? Because I know you said you started in, you said South Carolina, where you're from? 
Yeah, like I was living in Atlanta and I started promoting the business in South Carolina. That's how I got my mm-hmm. my initial portrait sessions and I won't say my initial weddings, but for the most part, my initial weddings were all South Carolina based. I did 34 weddings my first year and only four of those were in Atlanta. The rest of them were in that low country area, Charleston, Savannah, Beaufort, Hilton Head. Okay, gotcha. Now, that seems a little counterintuitive, <laughs> only because if you were living in Atlanta, you'd have to travel back and forth quite a bit, right? Yeah, I was already doing that anyway. I have um, uh, okay. young nephews, and um, you know they were obviously younger then. Spending a lot of time with them after not having the opportunity to do so when I was living in L.A., I was in South Carolina like once a month for either a week or two weeks. Okay, so that made sense then. Yeah, thousand percent. Okay. So then how did you start building in Atlanta? So I was fortunate enough to have other businesses when I lived in LA. So one, I was programming websites from when I was in high school. I grew up in Boston. So, you know, I won't say I come from a tech family, but my aunt and uncle were both programmers for Lotus and IBM. So I learned like programming languages and web development and stuff like that young when I was in high school. Fast forward living in LA, I had some web-based businesses and had to learn SEO. So I I knew that. And then right before I got into photography, I was, again, transitioning out of music, but I was fortunate enough to be, I guess they weren't really calling in a social media manager back then, but a social media manager for a big like hip-hop blog, blog blog-style situation. Mm -hmm. And... um, that's where I learned Facebook ads. So I was able to build my initial business all just off of Facebook ads and SEO. You know, it was easy wow. to dominate SEO in that area because it's a small town. So it's easy to come up on on the first page, especially for somebody who already knew how to do SEO. Yeah, that's a really amazing skill to have. <laughs> Most people don't have that yeah. skill. So that's pretty incredible. Right. So I was ranking for weddings before I ever shot my first wedding. Oh my gosh. No kidding. Yeah. Is, is, so, is this something like, to me, SEO is this just black hole of, I have no idea what is in there and what to do. Like, are there specific, like a few tips you could give, or is it something you really have to go all in to see a difference? Like you really have to either hire someone or know what you're doing to see a difference. If you're actively in your business, especially somebody like me doing 100 sessions and stuff like that, you don't have time for SEO. Yeah, you don't have yeah. time for SEO, especially where it is in 2022 versus where it was in 2012, 2015, mm-hmm. you know, 2010. It was a lot different. It was easier to make that stuff happen back then. Now you really need somebody that's dedicated to being sure that you do what you need to do in order to stay ranked. So getting relevant backlinks and just everything else that that comes with it, it's a job for a reason. You can get somebody to come in on like a part-time basis, but you're not shooting 50, 100, 300 sessions a year and, you know, doing your SEO and being 100% successful at it all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of glad you said that. I think sometimes we try to take it all on ourselves and forget that it's, you know, our time is money. And if we're spending all of our time doing the things that maybe we either don't know or shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Okay. Well, and you reaffirmed why I'm not doing SEO myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I think it's important to have a basis of, you know, what's going on because I mean, let's be honest, if it's a situation that you know absolutely nothing about, then anybody could tell you anything and you just have to nod your head and say, yes, it's like, you know, when I drop my car off at the dealership, Hey man, X, Y, Z is wrong with it. All right, just fix it. And you know, cause that's not my strong suit. All mm-hmm. of this other stuff is my strong suit. So I pay the people to do the things that I don't know how to do. And then I handle everything else, but you know, to have a foundation. So you have a little, at least a little bit of understanding. So somebody just doesn't have you, handcuffed uh, and helpless, it, mm-hmm. it's good to have, but you can't expect that 
you're going to know everything about everything when it comes to SEO, Facebook marketing, all of that stuff, because it changes on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah, totally. So this year you entered in, let's see, it was May of 2022 this year, our second round that we do, because we do three rounds of the Portrait Masters Awards every year. So it was the second round, I believe. You dominated the wedding category. I think you had (laughs) five, four or five in the top 20. Something that's like six, that? six in the top 20. Six, six, Andre. Thank you for correcting me. Holy cow. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's amazing. Very, very cool. I mean, like, yeah, to take six out of 20, it's pretty remarkable. And I encourage people to go on to the Portrait Masters and look at the galleries. If you look at the May of 2022 gallery, you'll see in the wedding category, you'll see Andre's. Um, Actually, I'm... I'm- I'm brain farting. So in the weddings, it was four, but overall top 20s, the the different categories, it was six total. Okay, gotcha. It was four in the weddings, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Well, because I was looking at your website and I was like, you have so many awards on there. So many awards. And when I didn't see the Portrait Masters one, so I was like, he's got, he has even more than what is showing here. I mean, this is incredible. (laughs) Didn't you say you're up for... You just got an award. It was a grand. Okay, I'm going to get this wrong. You you just tell us what it is. Yeah, so I just found out the other day that um, um, I am top 10 finalist for the Grand Imaging Award um, for PPA's print competition that they do. So they'll be making those announcements at uh, Imaging USA here this, uh, this coming January. Fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, you have uh, some serious um, accolades here. This is really, really incredible. Do you, I I have so much to ask you just in general, but one more thing about awards. Do you specifically shoot for awards or is this just your regular client work? There's only one image that I have that I've specifically shot for an award. Um, And that one was, was the group maternity, which, you know, I got gold in first place for it at WPPI. And didn't get the same love at the Portrait Masters, but you know that it's one. It's different I, when it's a print competition versus versus digital. Thousand percent, yeah, thousand percent. And I think that's important for people to know for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and that one, I I sat and I conceptualized the idea. I scheduled the shoot while sitting at the award show in uh, September or August of twenty one. Whenever we were there for that when it moved because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Came up with the idea, you know, scheduled everybody hair, makeup while I was sitting there at the award show. So that's the only one that I conceptualized specifically for competition. Everything else is just, you know, just client work. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, you got a silver, you got fifth place out of, you know, the 20 or whatever. And there, this, this was a tough, like there were a lot of incredible portraits, but this, this photo is everything. I mean, just even the expression of every single person in this is, it's just incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely love it. The color tones, the lighting, like, yeah, it's amazing. Now I'm curious, do you feel like you charge what you're worth? (laughs) Because I know nothing about you and, and like what you price and what you charge and your self-value around all of this? Like, how do you feel in that area? Um, so for me in my situation, charging what I'm worth is a very loaded question. Like I come from an industry where I was making a lot more money. I worked in entertainment, right? So uh-huh, I worked a lot, of, uh-huh. a lot of money at a young age. So I don't make that anymore, you know, but I do do very well for myself. And, you know, Atlanta's a, a tough market, at least on the, on the wedding side, because you know, you have people who are kind of top of the food chain, so to speak, in the market based off of, you know, things like social media following, relationship with the top, you know, wedding planners mm-hmm. or you know, things like that in the area that don't charge as much as you want to charge. So, oh, that's you tricky. know, right. So for a long time, I was like, all right, I need to be charging at least around what these people are charging because one, I feel like I'm worth more than that, but it's perceived value. So it would be the difference between somebody saying, hey, I'll give you this pair of uh, 
Payless shoes versus these Jimmy Choo's, but they're the same exact price. You know, mm -hmm. you're going to go for the Jimmy Choo's because they there's a perceived value of, oh, I have on Jimmy Choo's and I got them for X, Y, Z price versus these mm -hmm. Payless shoes, you know? Yeah. So I was stuck in that bubble for a while. And then I just got to the point where I was like, look, my like these are the numbers that I need to hit. If they come in, they come in. If they don't, they don't. And, you know, I can't really judge how it's affected me because, again, like next thing you know, we're in COVID. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have these higher rates. Then we fall into COVID maybe about six months later. But I mean, I'm I'm fine. I'm not complaining. We all want to make more money, you know, mm -hmm. so I will continue to bump that price up. And, you know, the people that see the value in it, they see the value in it. But the one thing that I've. I always say, even when I'm teaching classes and everything, I don't negotiate my price, you know, and I mm -hmm. always make the joke, like, I don't negotiate with terrorists. Like, that's my, <laughs> that's my, my motto. At the end of the day, you have to pay your bills. I have to pay my bills. This is what I need in order to pay my bills. You're either going to pay it or I would rather sit at home and make no money at all. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, we don't talk a whole lot about weddings on this show because, you know, it's the portrait system. But I mm -hmm. think it's something to really really think about because you brought up a really good point with the vendors. For example, if someone is going to hire a wedding planner and they have a specific budget, you know, and this planner knows what their budget is and they need to keep their clients within the budget. And maybe, you know, the client, their priority is flowers or something. Well, the planner is going to know I need to scrimp somewhere else so that I stay within their budget. So she might, you know, the planner might not come to you because he or she knows you're, you know, more expensive or whatever. Like there is that game there that as portrait photographers, we don't necessarily have to deal with when it comes to vendors and that sort of thing. So, that, you know, at first when you, you were saying like, oh, Atlanta is a tough market, I wanted to be like, Andre, come on, every market's tough. But it's different with weddings. It just is. It is. It is different with weddings because it's not even, okay, this is the client's budget, Right. And I need to stick within this budget or maybe the client is more interested in flowers. It could be that the planner is more interested in flowers. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. you know? Good point. Very good point. Right. It's whatever that planner's priority is. If that planner's priority is being sure that the couple gets the best photos, like that's very different versus a planner who's like, oh, well, I want to I want to add another $50,000 worth of flowers because it's going to look good on social media. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yep, you're exactly right. That's so true. I just wanted to put that out there because, like, do you feel any different with, with your portraits? Like, you just charge what you want to charge and that's it? Yeah, I charge what I want to charge. I have a minimum. I set my minimum and I don't break from my minimum. If, if somebody wants to give me $500 less, I will stay at home. <laughs> awesome. That's good. Okay. Do you mind sharing just like, let's say for maternity, what would be your minimum investment? Like, what aren't you getting out of bed for less than? So my, my minimum for quote unquote portraits all the way across the board. So that's okay. maternity, family and everything is 3,500. Okay. Then, awesome. And then, then they come in for, you know, an IPS, you know, session after that. And generally generally, hopefully there's no clients listed to this, but generally they're coming in and they're spending, you know, somewhere in a neighborhood of like 2000 or 3000 more on the backside of that. Got it. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. I mean, that's a, an amazing average. Is that your average? Oh, that's your minimum 3500 yeah, my minimum is, is 3500 So no matter what it is that they end up, you know, spending, even if they just say, all right, we don't want anything beyond the minimum, no matter right, what I Right, or that made. extra 2000 Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. So, yeah, most, like, I walked in today, and I'm going to post a video later on of just orders lined up at the door that were delivered today from sessions. But, again, that's that's just additional on what people got for their mm -hmm. packages. So what's included in your minimum for $3,500? Um, the time of the session, and then they get a $1,200 credit towards IPS. Okay. So in-person sales, just for people who are listening who might not know what IPS is yet. Sometimes we have people who are just starting out. Um, okay. So 
So $1,200 credit, and that's for like wall art and album, that sort of thing? Yeah, wall art, albums and stuff. So then when I have, it's funny because I tell this to people and they, they laugh. They're like, oh my God, that's clever. But so what I do is, again, my minimum is 3500 So they give the, the $1,200 credit towards IPS. And then the packages start at $1,499. So regardless, they have to spend an additional $299. My cost of goods in that package is $190. So again, no matter what, I make $3,500. Okay. Gotcha. Very cool. And then as far as your sessions go, do you have a studio? And well, it looks like to me, it looks like you have a studio, but I didn't know if you did a studio share, if it's your own studio. And like, how do your sessions work in general? Generally, I give clients recommendations for, you know, hair and makeup. Sometimes it's all depending on who it is. I have the team of people that I work with, you know, come in and do it. If it's somebody that I feel like is going to be a struggle like they're not making the best decisions for hair and makeup, then I'll have the people that I work with come in. But, you know, my sessions, they don't um, they don't include that. But, yeah, from there, they'll come in the studio. They may do hair and makeup here. And then we just go right into the shoot. Prior to that, we're obviously talking about what the looks are. I'll coordinate the looks with whatever backdrops. I have, or if I need something, then I'll reach out to Intuition, see what they have, see what I can't purchase for the session. Because at the end of the day, the goal for me is to have great images because the good images will definitely bring in more clients. So if I need to spend money on a backdrop, I'll definitely do that because I can use that backdrop over and over again. So Totally. Yeah. Totally. And Becky and the team over at Intuition, they're great. And I can get some really nice backdrops without spinning two arms and two legs to, to make it happen <laughs> to help produce great images for the shoot. Yeah. And then how do you do your IPS sessions? Um, most of the time I schedule them about a week or two weeks after I have the clients come into the studio. I have the uh, TV couches and all of that. I'll oh, nice. do a little shark, charcuterie board, Oh, wine, cool. wine and amazing. champagne. Right. It's uh, I, I call it my uh, my bootleg charcuterie because I do it myself and I'm not as <laughs> I'm not as fancy. <laughs> That's as, okay. Uh, but um, yeah, they come in and we'll you know we'll have you know food on the charcuterie board. I'll do wine and champagne for those who want it. For the moms, I do have like sparkling grape juice for if they're expecting, and we'll sit down, go through all of the images. I use InView for my IPS proofing. It enables me to be able to, you know, see one thing on my screen, show them most of what they need to see on the uh, the big screen here. It's called Envy, you said? InView, N-V-U.com. Okay, gotcha. Envy. I haven't heard of this. Yeah, InView is an amazing product. And then it allows you to be able to, um, if you're doing IPS via Skype, you can have your main screen. So it, it'll come up, it'll show you to say photographer screen, and then it'll say client screen. So the things that you're seeing on your side are a little bit different from what they're seeing on their side. So you can do it virtually if you need to. But I do it that way in the studio in case we're talking about particular products I need to pull up my cost of goods so I can, you know, make a swap or something like that. I can pull up my cost of goods. The client can't see my screen. And then I can do those calculations without, you know, showing them that I'm charging them X, Y, Z amount of money for something that costs me far less. That wouldn't be good. That would not be good. 100%. So, yeah, MVU MVU is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Very cool. And okay, so then you're doing your ordering session right then and there and they're paying you right then and there? Yeah. So when we do the ordering session, then I'll send them an invoice because I I use uh, my CRM. The billing processor that I'm using, it doesn't give me the option to take the payment right there, but I'll send them the invoice right then and there. They'll pay it right then and there. And then from there, I'll process the order send whatever images into retouching. Once they go through retouching, then I'll send the products out for print. Okay, awesome. Very cool. Yeah, it sounds like you kind of, it, it feels like a high-end, like luxurious experience. Yeah, that's that's definitely the goal. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Okay, so speaking of goal, I know you just said goal, and I actually wanted to ask you about your goals because you'd said earlier on that goals are really important to you. And so... 
you know, like one year it was 100 portraits or whatever. Have you always, like when you first started your photography business, did you start with goals? Thousand percent. I started with goals. Like usually at my workshops, I show a picture of this. But when I first started, again, I like predictability. So I created like this little uh, chart on a dry erase board and it had the number of weddings that I could shoot. So 20 or 30 weddings and then these different price points and then how much money I would make had I if I hit those numbers at those price points. And to this day, I can see it in my head. This is 2015. And again, I do show that slide sometimes at workshops or conferences where I'm, I'm speaking at. But it's easier for me to be able to hit those targets if I know exactly what it is I'm shooting for. Like there's a famous, I think it's Zig Ziglar or Brian Tracy quotes, like you can't hit a target that you can't see, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's always been my biggest thing. So Early on in my business, I would compartmentalize the different areas of my business to say, I want to shoot, you know, 30 weddings, 20 engagements, 10, you know, families, 20 maternity and that kind of thing. And doing that, I was able to hit those goals, but I also felt like I was able to hit those goals most of the time, you know. But I also felt like it was so much more of a stressor on me because I looked at them as individual sessions to say, oh, well, I don't I didn't hit my 10 families, you know, but I need to hit these 10 families. I'm only at seven, but I might have done you know, four or five more maternity than what right. I was, uh, mm -hmm. right. So psychologically I was killing myself because I'm like, oh, I need to hit these other three families in order to hit my number. But I already hit my number because I made up for it on the other side with, mm -hmm. you know, maternity or engagement. So then I started to bundle it all together and say, okay, I want a hundred outside of weddings. I want a hundred sessions. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Andre, this is really interesting because I don't know, I don't know if you've ever heard Sue talk about this, but she's often talked about, about no more and no less. And be careful what you ask for because you're going to get mm -hmm. no more and no less than what you ask for. And in hearing you say this, I'm like, okay, this is, you know, it's really, really interesting. And if I think about things that I've asked for and really honed in on, it's no more and no less. And that's what I get. And And sometimes like, people who work paycheck, this, okay, I'm going to use me as, as an example. Like I was a social worker before I was a photographer and I lived paycheck to paycheck and I would spend every single dime that, well, granted I was not making a lot of money, you know, as a social worker, <laughs> however, right. I would spend everything all the time. And it was like, I either just had enough or I was using my credit card, but it was like no more, no less. And if I, as a social worker, had made double of what I was making, I probably would have spent everything that was coming in. It was this mentality of like, this is what I get. So this is what I'm spending. And, you know, anyways, I really had to like shift my mentality around allowing myself to have more than what I was mm -hmm. getting. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Thousand percent. Thousand percent. I mean, we we get set into whatever ways that we have, whether that's based on whatever our upbringing is, whatever our social circle is, right? And for the most part, we're not doing any more or any less than those people. Another mm -hmm. theme is saying about how you're the cumulative average of the five people that you hang around with the most. Yeah. So if all of the people that you hang out with are poor spenders or, you know, just living life poorly in general, right? Eating habits and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Even if you're a little bit above that, they're going to hold you back to some degree because you can't, you can't fly much higher than those people, right? right. So right. at that point, you need to get into different circles and, and, you know, find new people to commune with. When you set your goals, are you like allowing yourself to have, I mean, because like you said before, you were making a lot of money in the music industry or whatever. So like, like when you set your goals, are you setting them for like having a huge savings and, you know, I mean, not to get too personal, but, and the reason I'm asking is I want people out there to set their goals higher than just paying their bills, you know? Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, that, that goes, I mean, that goes back to even before all of that. So 
you can't set your goal without taking into account the amount of money that you want to have for savings, for retirement. All of that goes into one another. How mm-hmm. much of that you're going to end up having to pay in taxes, right? So let's yes. say your goal is 100, right? You still have to pay taxes. You still have to pay for marketing. You have cost of goods, so on and so forth, which is why at my 35, I don't, let's see that 3,500, there's no cost of goods in that for me. I planned it strategically so nothing comes out of that Mm -hmm. except for the fact that I have to pay taxes on it, right? And then from there, I can divvy that up however I want to divvy that up. XYZ percentage goes to savings. XYZ goes into a brokerage account, which I got a little crazy with that during the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. I was putting a lot of money into my brokerage account and uh, had some fails there. But, you know, it, it happens. But you know, that's all part of what your number is. You can't just look at it like, oh, yeah, I want to make six figures. Six figures minus what, though? You right. Know, all of that yes. has to come out of that. Yes, totally. Okay. So you bring up a really good point with like taxes and retirement. I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we are so just in the moment, we forget about all of those things. We don't have people. Right you know, matching our 401ks and doing our pensions for us. Like, and this is something I talk about (laughs) quite a bit because it's incredibly important because one day you're going to want to not work as much. And these are things that you have to budget in, you know? So, yeah. Now, as far as your goals, you're making goals more so for sessions, like amount of sessions, not like I'm going to make, you know, a million dollars this year. Is that is that how you kind of mentally frame it? Well, the number of the number of sessions correlates with the amount of money that I want to make. So between my sessions, my um, my session averages and the number of sessions and the wedding average and the number of sessions, then I know how that's basically my my blueprint to how I'm going to hit my financial goal for the year. Okay. You know, so so even more, more recently, I've released courses. So I have a platform where I'm releasing my courses and things of that nature. All of that money is just allocated strictly for for savings because I don't I don't need it Mm because I'm I'm Mm -hmm. using the money because. Right. And I'm already set from other things that I have going on. I don't need that money. I can just let that money just kind of ride and just build up for me. Mm hmm. I could teach you how to buy uh, apartment buildings with it. <laughs> That's how uh, only, I'm retiring myself. <laughs> right. Eventually, yeah, I'm not on the apartment know. buildings, but I'm four properties in right now. That was the first nice. thing I did when I moved here from California. The cost of living in California versus being here in Atlanta mm-hmm. was so cheap. Like I, I sold my house in LA. I moved out here. I bought three townhouses and moved into an apartment. Hell yes, Andre. See, that's what I'm talking about. I moved from Seattle to Michigan. And yeah, same thing, you know, completely different cost of living. So yeah, that's great. Good for you. And th- and that's things that, and I'm not saying that people have to do it with real estate, but these are things people really need to be thinking about. If you're out there, like, you know, what are you setting aside for your own retirement? You know? Right. Thousand percent. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's like, I, I almost kind of got away for asking for an, a, a certain amount of money, but more so I'm asking for the experience. So like, I know that I want to spend a month of Michigan winters not here. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, there are certain things that, that I ask for, like, I want a roller skating rink. Okay. Quote unquote, roller skating rink. My husband, we live on 10 acres and my husband built a big barn and I was like, if you want to build it big, I need to be able to roller skate in it. So like, (laughs) you know, I have certain goals for next year where I want the cement to be poured so I can roller skate. I want to spend a month out outside of Michigan somewhere warm. Like so so my goals are like that. So I don't it's just always interesting to hear how different people do different goal setting. Like I'm I know I need to make X amount in order for these experiences to happen in my life. You know what I mean? 
Right. The one thing that I fortunately don't have to, you know, budget for goal wise is travel because I travel a lot, you know, with my clients. So mostly destination engagements versus destination weddings. But then, you know, on somebody else's dime, I can build in uh, extra time to do whatever it is that I want to do. So I I, I definitely don't need uh, any more travel type stuff. But other than that, like I'm I'm really simple. My goal is is always to help others, you know, uh, to my detriment a lot of times, right? My goal is always to help other people, which is why I'm so passionate about education. Mm -hmm. When I first was getting into business, like, you know, you're asking people for help. Hey, you know, how you do? You know, and then they're like crickets, you know. Uh-huh. And so YouTube is where I found it. And ironically enough, now I have those people signing up for my workshops and asking for tips on how to grow their businesses. So you never know, you know, the person that you shun, you might need that person, you know, somewhere later on down the line. But, you know. Absolutely. It's gosh, it's so important to give back like that as a community, you know, it's and I'm not saying you have to sit down and spend hours and hours and hours with someone for free. You know, that's not really what it is. But right. There is this like level of of sharing knowledge that and even if you are charging for it, even being willing to share the knowledge is, you know, it's important to help others. Exactly what you said. Being able to sh- to share real knowledge and not just fluff. Like, that's yes. my thing. Yes. There's a lot of predatory education out there. It's like, oh, I know a little bit of information. I got uh, knighted by whomever. And uh, so I have a, a, a platform to, to speak on. But the information that I'm giving is not really that, that mm-hmm. great of information. That's mm-hmm. what irks me. Definitely get paid for your knowledge. It doesn't necessarily have to be a pay-to-play type situation, right? But at the same time, the people who are looking to learn also have to be, you know, respectful of your time and of your knowledge to say, hey, I want this for my business. I'm willing to to pay for it. I can't just expect it for free, which a lot of times people do have that expectation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Tell us about what type of, you know, workshops and courses and things you offer. Um, so my my main workshop, the Embrace Workshop, it's a destination <gasps> photography the Punta workshop. One? Sorry, I just yeah, interrupted a, you, but yeah. I got to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we're in Punta Cana for 2023. We did Dubai earlier this year. Oh, we did Cancun nice. last year. Oh, so it was, yes. it was really fun, right? And we focus on basically everything. So portraits we do lifestyle we obviously do wedding because that's my my main business um the only thing that i haven't incorporated in those workshops thus far has been maternity you know but also don't want some pregnant mom out in the middle of the desert in dubai in 120 degree right. weather <laughs> yeah yeah i don't want to be yeah, responsible yeah. for that yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so, yeah, very smart. <laughs> yeah. So the Embrace Workshop, we focus on like the, the skill set of photography and really heavy on portfolio building, right? So if you want to do destination shoots, you have to be able to show that you can pull them off one. And that way people are confident and they're comfortable with spending whatever it is they have to spend to bring you to these destinations. So we have that, my... um my education platform, Boca Academy. So it's bocaacademy.co. And it's filled with, we're, we're still in the, the infancy stages of courses, but um, my flagship course, Winning with Workflows, is all about teaching photographers how to set up workflows so that you can, you know, two and three extra income without without booking any new clients, without spending any additional money on or marketing, because at the end of the day, you need to know how you can pull the most out of your current lead list mm-hmm. and your current clients versus mm-hmm. booking new clients. Booking new clients requires you to spend more time shooting. But yes, if you can, this. right. So if you can take that $5,000, $6,000 wedding and turn that into eight to $12,000 wedding, right? Just with simple automations, giving customers options for things, then, you know, then do so. All of the goals, the hundred session goal that I have, for the most part, I know it's not an exact metric, but 
that comes from the leads that come in directly from my website. I shoot X amount of boudoir sessions a year. All of that just comes from regular leads. My goal is 20. The majority of that 20 is my brides because I gave them the option to be able to do so on a soft sale. My mini sessions, I have holiday sessions coming up in a month. I don't have to spend any money on Facebook ads with that stuff because it's all automation from the time somebody comes in and inquires, whether they book me or not, I'm selling to them until they unsubscribe. It's it's so funny. Sometimes I think people like they have a client one time and then they just like forget about them again. So exactly what you're saying. If you can nurture them, I mean, life, especially if you do multiple genres, like life changes happen. Like you said, if you're a wedding photographer, you know, more often than not, people end up deciding to have a baby. So there you go, maternity. And then you could do newborn and then you do family. Like there's so many ways to nurture this client as like a client for life instead of just one and done sort of thing. Right. And then maximizing those individual experiences to say, hey, here's an option to add more. Here's an Mm -hmm. option to add more. I continuously tell students in my class or mentees, never give people the option to pay you less money, right? Mm -hmm. Hopefully that'll be a famous quote one day. (laughs) But I love it. That's my biggest thing. I never give people the option to pay me less money, but I always give them the option to pay me more money. Yeah, love it. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing all of this. You kind of have my my wheels turning. We're, I'm trying to decide on in between um, Costa Rica and the Canary Islands <laughs> for our month out of Michigan this year. And I'm nice. like, huh, maybe I'll do a workshop. Maybe I'll do a workshop in Costa Rica or Canary Islands once we decide. Now you have yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to both. I'm supposed to go to Costa Rica next year, and uh, I've always wanted to go to the Canary Islands. So all that stuff's on my bucket list. So wherever Delta goes, I go. Yeah, same, Delta. I'm like, platinum now. I fly so much. I finally got platinum. Right. I'm like, uh, by the end of the year, I'll hit diamond. Diamond. Not goals, Andre. Goals. Yeah, right. Goals, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Well, thank you for being on with me and for sharing everything. I do have a couple more questions for you before uh, before we wrap up. And the first one is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? Ooh. Um, I just need my R5. Like my R5 and a, a 70 to 200. Like 70 to 200 is, is my go-to. For those who know me, they know that's the first lens I'll grab out of my bag. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. After buying the, the 28 to 70, I am definitely in love. But I, I think also part of that comes from, um, you know, as much money as the lens costs. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to utilize it as much as humanly possible. But, uh, yeah, my any my Canon gear, like, I, I don't even know how. I don't want to get into, like, a debate about what camera company is better. But I don't know how anybody shoots with anything else. But <laughs> as long as I have my, my Canon gear and my 70 to 200 at least, I'm golden. Awesome. Very cool. All right. Number two is how do you spend your time when you're not working? Um, either figuring out what more work I can do or working out. Those are literally the only two things that happen in my life. <laughs> work, work, work out. Right. And generally, I'm in the gym trying to figure out ways that I could do more work. So whether that's new courses, new things for uh you know, whatever workshop or something that I have going up, to, uh, com- coming up to be able to maximize the experience for the attendees. Like that's, those are always goals. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Number three is what is your favorite inspirational quote? Oh, man. That's a tough one. I mentioned that you can't hit a target you can't see earlier. Like mm-hmm. I say that a, a lot. And there are so many others that I just can't really think of off the top of my head, but I'm big on like Darren Hardy, uh, Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, all of them. They have so many great things to say that just kind of, you know, gets the mind running. But yeah, I mean, I would 
I definitely go with the you can't hit a target you can't see because I mean think about Perfect. us as photographers, right? To mm-hmm. it images for the most part, an image is only good if it's in focus, right? So if you can't if, if you don't get that image in focus, nine and a half times out of ten, you know, it's it's not a good image, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to be focused on whatever those goals are in order to be able to to achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve in your life and in your business. Yep. Great. I love it. All right. Number four is what would you tell people who are just starting out? To get out of your head. Mm-hmm. There are people who are far less talented than some, and I'm talking about technically talented, that make a lot more or are a lot more successful. And that all comes down to confidence. Totally. Confidence is the one thing that, you know, you you have to have in order to be able to continue to hit milestones. And I'll be the first to say that I am I'm not very confident. I'm not even very confident in my work. And it's funny because I win all these awards and stuff, but I probably... 24 hours after I took the image, I was like, oh, I hate this image. It's not good, you know? <laughs> and, then I, and then I win an award for it. And then people are like, oh, you won this award? I'm like, yeah, but I didn't win this award. Like, so you, you have to be confident because that way you get on set, you can run through the things that you need to run through and to achieve the result that you want to achieve. If you're in there, you're nervous um, and it's showing you're going to be uncomfortable. It's going to make the client uncomfortable and the success of the shoot is going to suffer. So definitely work on building up that confidence. Yes. Great advice. Great advice. All right. Last question. Where can people find you if they are looking for you online? Always on my website, AndreBrown.com, um, Instagram, TikTok, all the other places. It's Andre Brown Photo. You can find me there. And uh, you'll find information about whatever courses or classes or workshops and stuff that I have going on. I'll be there. Fantastic. Well, thank you again, Andre. And um, hopefully I'll see you again next year. at um, or, or at maybe even WPPI. I'll be at WPPI. Will you be there? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. It's not confirmed yet, but I'll, hopefully I'll be uh, teaching at WPPI. So, oh, sweet. You know, I'll, Very cool. Yeah, I'll go wherever they, they allow me to speak. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I look forward to it. Same here. Sweet. Have a good weekend, and I will see you online very soon. All right. You have a good one. You too. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge, plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. 